You know, I've never been very good at this. It's funny though, because it kind of reminds me of how I used to read my Bible. I wasn't very good at that either. I found myself just kind of skipping over the surface, kind of like that rock going over the surface of the water. But I really wasn't getting anything out of my reading. I, I had great intentions. I wanted to be a man of the word. But reading the Bible was so hard for me to do. It was so hard for me to, to get anything out of my reading. You know, I had my, my one-year Bible reading plan but I just didn't seem to have the discipline to go through with it. And it seemed like every day that went by, I got a little further behind. But there's a problem with trying to read that way, is that you're always trying to play catch up. And the biggest problem is that Paul says to us in our, in our text from Romans 12, verse two, he says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what God is saying is, look, don't just try to fit in with the world's way of thinking, but instead, I want to change you from the inside out. I want to transform you. To transform means to change the nature and character of something. God says, I want to change your nature and your character by renewing your mind. You see, he doesn't just want to change your behavior. He wants to change the way you think. God wants you to begin to think the way he thinks. And if you want to know how God thinks about something, well, then you have to know the Word, because reading the Bible is reading God's mind. Well, when I was reading in that old way, just sort of skipping off the surface, I wasn't able to really decipher and discern what God's thinking was on certain situations. And it became very frustrating for me. And then one day, I remember I was sitting at my kitchen table, and I said to myself out loud, read for depth, not for distance. Read for depth, not for distance. Now let me tell you what that means. I'll give you a little word picture. Reading for distance is like what I was just doing. Skipping stones off the surface of the water. And you know, it's fun to, fun to do that kind of thing. We have little contests with our friends to see how far, how fast you can make your rock bounce over the surface of the water. You can tell your friend, hey, I read three chapters in five minutes this morning in the Bible, you know? And your friend says, well, I, I read four chapters in five minutes. But did you get anything out of it? That's what reading for distance is. Reading for depth is if you stop in just one spot and you look down under the surface of the water and you begin to see the life and the beauty that's going on just underneath the surface. Those are the things you miss when you're reading for distance. I want to give you another word picture. Now I have a glass of water here and it's not hot water by the way. Because you know, sometimes when you come to the Bible, you're not all hot and fired up. Sometimes you feel sort of lukewarm. So this is lukewarm water. But I also have a tea bag. Now watch what happens when I dip the tea bag in the water just one time. Absolutely nothing. But if I take the tea bag and I let it steep into this water, and I let it sit in here, after about 15 minutes, something very remarkable is going to happen to this glass of water. It's going to absorb the character and the flavor and the aroma of the tea. Now the picture here should be pretty obvious. The glass of water is like your soul. And the bag of tea is like a piece of scripture that you let steep into your soul. 
you concentrate on it, you, you meditate on it, you talk back to it, you let it steep into you. And after a while, you begin to absorb the nature and the flavor and the character of Christ because it's coming out of his word. Now, there's another picture that I want to tell you about. A few years ago on my 44th birthday, I was doing a little introspection, thinking about my life. And I thought, you know, right about now, I should probably be having a midlife crisis. So I decided just to go out and get it over with, and I bought a midlife crisis. And it's this really sweet little silvery blue Chrysler convertible. Now, it's not like I went out and bought a Ferrari or, you know, something I couldn't afford. It's just a Chrysler. But it is a convertible, kind of like me. I like to feel the wind blowing through my scalp. But you know, one of my favorite things to do is to just get in that car on a day off, put the top down, and go for a drive. And you know, it doesn't matter where I go. I might come to the ocean, I might go out to the mountains or the desert. The point of the drive is to escape from my environment and to immerse myself in a whole other world. And I realized one day that there is a, a picture there of how I have learned to read the Bible. And I want to share that picture with you. Because there are six things you have to do when you're going to make a drive like that. And the first thing you have to do is fill your tank. Because if your tank's not full, well, you're not going to get very far. Now, what does that have to do with your spiritual life? Well, actually, it has quite a bit to do with your spiritual life. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? So that we may understand what God has freely given us. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But we have the mind of Christ. So what the Bible says is that apart from the Spirit of God, the things of God just aren't going to make any sense. So the way I like to start my devotion times, I don't start with an hour of prayer. I just start with a moment of prayer. I'll open my Bible and I'll just say, Lord, I know that without the Holy Spirit, none of this is going to make sense to me. So I'm asking you, Lord, would you, would you just fill me in a fresh way today? Give me ears to hear what you want to say and then help me understand what I read. And having prayed that way, I can now come to my Bible in faith, believing that the Lord will speak to me out of his word simply because I asked him to. So the first thing you have to do is you have to fill your tank. Now the second thing you want to do is you got to choose your road. Where are you going to go today? You might want to drive on a favorite road you've been on many times, or you might want to explore a road that you've always kind of wondered about. Well, it's the same way when you come to the scriptures. You have to decide where you're going to read. You might want to read a favorite book or passage, or you might want to explore a book that maybe you've never really read before. The point is that you have to choose very carefully, and you have to choose prayerfully. You know, the Bible is not a book that you have to read from page one all the way to the end, all in an order. You can if you want to, but you don't have to read it that way. The Bible is actually a collection of 66 books. And God can meet you and speak to you in any book, in any chapter, on any verse in the Bible. The Bible says all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So God can meet you anywhere in the Bible. 
You just have to ask him what road he wants you to take. And then once you've chosen your road, once you've decided on the book you're going to read, stay on that road until you come all the way to the end. Don't just hop around from passage to passage, but stay on that road, even if it takes you a couple of days or even if it takes you a couple of weeks. Stay on the road. So the first thing you do is you fill your tank. The second thing you do is you choose your road. Now, of course, some roads are more interesting and less complicated to drive on, and so are some scripture passages. So if you're just getting started, choose a short road like Ephesians or Philippians. And the road I've chosen for our session today is Colossians chapter 3. Now the third thing you want to do is slow down and enjoy the scenery. You know, sometimes these roads can be a little windy, and if you're driving too fast, you're going to miss something. It's the same way when you come to the scripture. You've got to slow down because if you're reading too fast, well, you might miss something. When you're driving like this, you might want to just ask yourself, what does this place look like? What does it smell like? What am I seeing in the surroundings? It's the same way with the text. Ask yourself, what's going on in the other verses in this chapter? What is God revealing about his character and his nature? Or what am I seeing that maybe I've never seen before in the Bible until right now? And if you're reading too fast, you're going to miss out on those kind of details. Remember, when you read the Bible, it's not a race, it's an exploration. And God is not in a hurry. So you don't need to be in a hurry either. So slow down and enjoy the scenery. And that leads us to our fourth step. You pull off at a scenic viewpoint, step out of the car, and step into the scene. Now you know, when you're on a drive like this, you'll see a sign that says scenic viewpoint, one quarter mile. Well, you want to pull over at one of those and find out what it is that makes that place so special. It's the same way when you're reading in the Bible. A scenic viewpoint is one of those times when it it almost seems like God just tapped you on the shoulder and he said, hey, hang on a second, I'll, I want to show you something. Just pull over right here. I want to talk to you about something for a minute. A scenic viewpoint for me in the scripture can be a paragraph, it might be a verse. Sometimes it's just a little phrase. And I've chosen a phrase from our road today in Colossians 3, and it's the first phrase of verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, when I pull off at a scenic viewpoint, I will often read different words and emphasize them in different ways. So, for example, the first time I read it, I might say, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And by thinking about that word let, I realize I have a role to play in this. It's as though the Bible is saying, I want to do this, but you've got to let it happen. It's like God is saying, make room, give some time to allow this kind of of, of process to happen in your life. So let the Word of Christ, give it permission to dwell in you richly. Or I might read it this way, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Dwelling as opposed to just stopping by for a quick visit. But let it, let it move in, let it inhabit and take up residence in you. Or then I could read it, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly as opposed to poorly. Let it move in and inhabit in a deep and a rich and a profound kind of way. And as I start to put these words 
into my own words, I begin to enter a conversation with God. And so I'm starting to say back to him, Lord, it's, I, I think this is what I'm hearing you say, that you want me to give permission to your word to move in and inhabit me in a deep and profound and life-changing way. Is that what I hear you say? And that leads us to the fifth step. And the fifth step is you take a picture of yourself. You know, when you've been out on a, a drive like this and you've had a beautiful day, you want something to remind you of what your trip was like. So you, you take your camera out and you, you hold it at arm's length and you smile and you click and you, you take a picture. Well, that's the same way with the scripture. This is where you get into your application. Because the Bible says that the Word of God is both a light and a mirror to the soul. So as you come to your text, as you're sitting in this scenic viewpoint, you want to ask yourself a question. In this light, is there something I'm seeing that maybe was hidden in dark before? Or in this mirror, how do I look? What is this piece of scripture telling me about my own life? And then you begin to talk to God about what he's saying to you through his word. And then that leads us to our final step. And the last step is you send home a postcard. Now this is when you're, you're reading and you're thinking really turn to serious prayer. You see, God has started the conversation by telling you what he thinks. And now it's your turn to tell him what you think. This is your part of the conversation. And you want to tell God everything you saw, everything you heard, everything you learned and felt when you were in the scripture, when you were on your little drive with him through the scriptures that day. You know, you might want to write your prayers down too. A lot of people like to keep journals of their prayers. And if you do, you should always put a date on that prayer so that someday in the future when you come back and you're reading those prayers, it will remind you of your encounter with God in the scripture. But what happens when you start praying this way is that you are allowing God to direct your prayer life. Now sometimes your response might be a, a prayer of thanksgiving, might be a prayer of confession, it might be a prayer for somebody else. It might even be a, a sung prayer of praise to God. But the point of it all is that God is directing your prayer life and in a very real sense you are agreeing with God in prayer. Now I have to tell you, when I started reading like this and praying like this, it changed so much about my character. It changed my thought life and my passions. My behavior started to change and, and I, I began to just see everything in the world differently. It reminds me of the teabag illustration I gave you a minute ago. Remember I told you it would take about 10 minutes. But look what's happened to our glass of water. It has absorbed the flavor, color and the aroma and the character of the tea. Something else has happened to this water. It's taken on a whole new identity. We don't call it a glass of water anymore. Now we call it a glass of tea. And when you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, it will change you from the inside out. You will no longer conform to the world, but you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You will absorb the nature and flavor and the character and the aroma of Christ. And it will change your whole identity. You will become the man or woman of God that you always wanted to be. When I started reading the Bible this way, I found that my prayer life was no longer 
relegated to just a few minutes in my day, but instead, the memories of my time in the scripture became these continual impulses to talk to God throughout the day. And I became aware of a continual sense of his presence. About 300 years ago, a man by the name of Brother Lawrence wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. And in that book, he says that he learned to develop a constant, silent, and secret conversation with God. I like that. A constant, silent, and secret conversation with God. That is the way of a worshiper. And that is the secret to friendship with God. Oh